This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I know you may have had a rough week. I know it's been rough, but look at your neighbor and say, thank God it didn't kill me. God says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So use that breath to give God some praise this morning. That your bed wasn't your cooling board, but God gave us one more chance to come into the house of the Lord. Once again, we want to just welcome everyone to the top. You may have been at the bottom, but now you made it to the top. Tabernacle of praise. And we we have come to praise the Lord this morning because he is truly worthy to be praised. And we have any... Anybody who is not a member of Tabernacle of Praise that is worshiping with us this morning, raise your hand. If you're not a member and you're visiting with us today, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Amen. I see two. Amen. We welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise this morning. Amen. Amen. We're glad to see Sister Prince back in the house. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do we have anybody that's celebrating a birthday today? Anybody got a birthday today? <laughs> All right, anybody? I know but Deacon Reed had one yesterday. Amen, amen, amen. I see my nephew coming in. Praise the Lord. And I know that uh, Shelby has a birthday today. It's a blessing to have a birthday on the Sabbath. We've been having birthdays for the last few weeks. People are blessed to have it on the Sabbath day. It's truly a blessing. And so we just thank God for his blessing on today. And if you all don't mind, for all of our September babies, if you, if you were born in September, raise your hand. If you were born in September. Come on up. Bring them on up. I want them to get in the good seats. Bring them on up. And as they're coming up, let's sing happy birthday to all of our, our birthday uh, babies on September. Amen, amen, amen. We want you to continue to reach out to our members. Each one, reach one. Amen. I know we've been in this pandemic, but we have to seek and save those that are discouraged. So if you don't see anybody here today, we're leaving it up to you to contact them this week. Amen. And on a sad note, we want to continue to pray for the Rackley family. We know Sister Queen lost her mother, and they're going to funeralize her on this Wednesday here at Tabernacle of Praise. The visitation is going to be at 10 to 11, and then the funeral services will be from 11 to 1230. Amen. Amen. And those that can, we want you to come and support the family. Just keep them in prayer. We know what it is to lose a mother, and so we just want you to just support that family and just go all the way to them and we want to also just encourage you to on Wednesday night every Wednesday night at seven o'clock on our prayer line we have our special prayer we know where there's much prayer there's much power we need power today to make it so we just want to invite you to tune in every Wednesday at seven o'clock and you can invite somebody else to come on the prayer line amen we've been having a good time every Wednesday at seven o'clock at this time we will continue in our worship
want to take a time and we just want to remember God in prayer about the individuals who are lost the individuals who are suffering we want to remember our, our, our bereaving families we just want to take God seriously and allow for his word to be heard so let us pray Father God it is an awesome opportunity set before us to come before your presence in prayer. Lord, realizing that there is nothing in and of ourselves worthy, but because you love us so much, you've paved the way, and now, Lord, we are worthy. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for providing, for keeping us, Lord. Even in the midst of this COVID, Lord, you have saw fit, Lord. Some have even suffered the consequences of COVID. But yet, Lord, you have provided. You have kept them. You have saved them. And for that reason, Lord, we are ever so grateful. And so, Lord, we come this morning just giving all honor, praise, and glory unto your precious and holy name. Thanking you, Lord, for being God and being God all by yourself. Lord, we want to take a little moment just to lift up families, Lord. Lord, we know that Elder Miller's in the house. And we're so grateful to see him, Lord, to, to hear his voice, to, to feel his, his praise, and to know, Lord, that you still got him. And so, Lord, we lift him up. We ask, Father God, that you would continue to be the comforter that he needs you to be. Continue, Lord, to be the strength that he needs you to be. Lord, continue to be his physical activities of life, Lord. We ask, Father God, that you would pave a way that would be smooth for him. And that, Lord, as he continues to progress in this time, that, Lord, his word will be firm, but yet it will be powerful that, Lord, he will reach others as a testament to who he is and to whom he belongs. We ask, Lord, a special blessing for the McCall Rackley families. Lord, we lost a loved one. But, Lord, we know, Father God, the one lays down the rest. Lord, if they're calling an election is sure, we know on that great getting up morning, they shall rise first. And those of us, Lord, who are alive should be caught up in the sky with them. And so, Lord, we ask your hands to be upon the family, Lord. Touch them in a mighty way, but let them understand that if they shall, if they want to, it's an opportunity available to them to see and be a part of this wonderful, blessed family. And if they are right, they too shall be caught up in the sky to meet the Lord and Savior. We ask, Father God, 
that you will continue to be with those of us, Lord, who are suffering pains and conflicts of, of life, Lord. Lord, some, Lord, have had strokes, Lord. We, we lift up Joseph's brother right now. We ask, Lord, though he might be at home, Lord, he's not well yet. And we ask, Father, that your hands of mercy would be stayed upon him, Lord, not just on a physical capacity, but on a mental capacity, on a spiritual capacity. Touch him, Lord. Move him, Father. We ask special prayer, Lord, for my mother, for the elder, uh, elder Harris's father, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would touch all of our elderly in a very special and significant way. Lord, many of them are suffering with pain, and some, Lord, are, have even lost sight of where they are. But, Lord, we ask, Father God, that you would bathe them in your spirit. And that every time they hear your voice, Lord, a smile will come across their face because they know they are in the presence of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that even right now, that as, as the word has been prepared, Lord, we ask right now that the Holy Spirit will come in. Lord, first prepare in our hearts and our minds to receive, but greater yet, Lord, prepare in the speaker. So that as the word is being delivered, Father, it will not be heard by him, Lord, but it will be heard, Lord, by the your holy children who have come to hear a word from you. And so they will hear your voice. They will hear your, your lead, your guide. They'll get your understanding. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We ask, Lord, that you will bless those who are online, those who are on their way. Lord, we ask that this experience will be a wonderful experience, that, Lord, someone will come out of your change and have a new direction of life. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We love you. And we give you all honor, praise, and glory one more time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
put your hands together. He's still working miracles. I don't know about you, but he's still working miracles in my life. Praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow this morning. We've already had church. If you don't get anything else, you can leave here with a blessing just knowing that he woke you up this morning. He was clothed in your right mind. You do have activity of your limbs. It took a miracle just for you to get here this morning. Praise the Lord this morning. To be able to worship him in spirit and in truth this morning. If you have allowed your Bibles to come with you to church this morning, we want you to stand for the scripture. I believe it will be on the screen. We're going from 1 Samuel chapter 17, which is a familiar story. All right, I'm going to read in your hearing, but we're going to stand in honor of the word. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we think of this story of David and Goliath as a children's story. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a children's story. God preserved it for us today. Chapter 17 of 1 Samuel Starting at verse 3, it says, And the Philistines stood on a mountain, and on, the, and on the other side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley in between them. Verse number 4 says, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Verse number 24, And the, all the men, somebody say all the men, and all the men of Israel were so uh, afraid and fled from him. And verse number 32 through 34, it says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail him because of the giant. Thy servant will go fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept thy father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear that took the flock. And then I'm going to go all the way over to verse number 47. Verse 47 says, And all... I'm sorry, I'm going to go to verse number 46. This day the Lord will deliver thee into thy hand. He's talking to Goliath. And I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give thy carcass of the host of the Philistines this day, the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And verse 47 says, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord serveth not with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we stand here humbly, realizing, Lord, I want to be an instrument of your grace. Hide me behind the cross. 
Let me just be a nail holding up a portrait of you. For you said, if you be lifted up from the earth, you would draw all men unto yourself. So, Lord, we pray that you will bind the enemy, put your foot on his neck. Loose the Holy Ghost, Lord. Break every chain, Lord, today. Let your name be glorified, Lord. We will be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You are in the middle of a spiritual battle. And the warfare is over our souls. Long ago, opposition to the law of God started in heaven of all places with Lucifer who was the covering cherub. He was the first created being. He had the highest position of all the angels and one day he decided that he wanted to be equal with God. He began his work of rebellion amongst all the angels until his Rebellious worked, his deceptive work, he deceived one-third of the angels in heaven. Lord have mercy. His evil continued all over until war finally broke out in heaven. It says Michael and his angels fought against Satan and his angels, and they were cast out, the devil and his angels, onto this earth. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, O ye heavens, and all ye that are in. But woe until the inhabitants of the earth. Lord, have mercy. Yeah, they rejoice in heaven, but we catching it down here. He said, For the devil is wroth. Because he knows that he has a short time. Revelation 12, 7 says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman. The woman is the church. He said he went to make war with the remnant of her seed, those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Why is Satan so mad at those people that keep the commandments of God? He's not mad with everybody to go to church, but all those that keep the commandments of God, especially the fourth commandment, which said that's the seal of God that says that Jesus is the creator and not Satan. That's why he hates the law and wants to do away with it. And so Satan went on with all his deceptive work, and ever since that time, Satan and his army of confederates are avowed enemies of the people of God, avowed enemies of righteousness and truth. As a child of God, we will have an enemy. Ephesians 6.12 says, for the weapons of our warfare. We're in a warfare. It said they uh, uh, are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, evil, wickedness in high places. Simply said, Satan is our enemy. He will show up in our lives. He will show up every aspect of our lives, and he will use people to get under your nerves. He will use people as a giant. He will use physical conditions as a giant. He will use even your uh, uh, physical weaknesses, your, your uh, propensities to sin as a giant. A giant is anything that will take your focus off of God. 
A giant is anything that will distract you from having your passion for God. The enemy can be anything that will keep you from wanting to serve God. A giant represents anything which is opposed to God. Giants come in different types of forms. Resentment, fear, loneliness, guilt, shame, bitterness, weariness, discouragement, jealousies, depression, hopelessness, helplessness, bitterness, pride, selfishness, and doubt. All of those are giants that tries to overtake our minds. My brothers and my sisters, all of us from the pulpit to the pew, all of us have to face a giant in our lives. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, rich or poor, Republican or Democrat, vaccinated or unvaccinated, we all have to face a giant in our lives. Giants will show up in our professional and in our private lives. It will show up on our jobs. It will show up in our homes. And yes, even in the church. It doesn't matter if you're saved, sanctified, water baptized, full of the Holy Ghost, swinging from the chandelier. Giants will always try to come into our lives. We have to face the giant. You see, this text introduces us to the young man called David. We're familiar with David. David was anointed to be king at the age of 15, but he did not take the the kingdom until the age of 30. You see, he's been anointed at the age of 15, but he wasn't appointed. He did not occupy the seat until the age of 30. You see, it may seem that God has delayed David, but what God was trying to do, he was trying to get David to understand, just because you were anointed today don't mean you're going to be appointed tomorrow. You see, God was giving David Carlos a preview of coming attractions by giving him the anointing. You see... The, 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 the children of Israel, they wanted to, God was their king. God led them out of Egypt with a strong hand. But they said, we wanted to be like the heathen nations. We want a king. We don't want a theocracy. We want a monarch. We want somebody to rule over us. So they said, okay, okay, go ahead, pick you a king. And they picked a man that was tall in stature. They say Saul was about seven feet tall. He was head and shoulders up over everybody else. He had a lot of charisma. But what Jesus was trying to teach David, as you have been anointed, he said that charisma might get you in the door, but it's character that will keep you there. You see, anybody can have charisma, but charisma cannot keep you. It takes character. You have to go through something in order to get character. Look at your neighbor and say, God's working on my character. He's working on me. God's preparing you to do something that you're not ready to handle right now. So David's been anointed at the age of 15, but he doesn't take the throne until the age of 30. Saul is the current king. You know, it's one thing to have the the anointment. It's one thing to have the appointment, but you got to have the anointment. Paul had the the, the position. He had the the, the appointment as king, but he did not have his anointment. You know, it's a terrible thing to have the anointment and no appointment. It's one thing to have the appointment and no anointment. You see, too many people want the appointment, but they don't have the anointment. It's a terrible thing to have a, to have a, trying to have a testimony when you don't have the test. You haven't gone through the test. So it's a terrible thing to have the position, but you ain't got no power. God is trying to say it's not enough to just to be a, a, appointed to a seat. The usher appointed you to the seat. It's not enough to have a position in the church. But you got to have the anointing of God if you want to make it. And so the Philistines, they stood on one mountain. Israelites stood on another mountain. That was a big 
gaff in between as they can watch the theater going on in the, in the bottom. And so if we're going to be successful in our spiritual battles, we ought to have a great valley in between the people of God and the enemies of our soul. We should stay off of the devil's territory. There should be a big gaff between us and the people of God. The Bible says that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. But oftentimes, we don't resist the devil, we assist the devil. We make it easy for him to knock us down because we're on his territory. We're dancing to his music, playing in his clubs. We got to stay off the devil's dance floor. Get away from the devil and remain steadfast in the truth. You see, Goliath, he represents Satan. Goliath's name means exiles. And Satan was the first one exiled from heaven. He was banished from heaven. And here's Satan's, uh, Satan's representative is Goliath in a standoff. This menacing character was 12 feet tall. Now that means that a basketball goal comes up to his chest. He probably weighed in at close to a half a ton. This was a gargantuan mammoth giant of a man. Can you imagine how big this imposing figure was? He had armor from his head to his toe. He had an armor bearer. This man was a human tank coming down. This wasn't no little man. He wasn't no stream being. This was a giant man. But God was getting ready to use, he was getting ready to use this situation to take David from the back of the line to the front of the line. So this man, he, he shows up and he draws a line in the sand. He says, I dare you to send me a man. He says, no sense in everybody dying. Just send one man down here and we'll settle it. If you can kill me, then we'll be your servants. If I can kill you, then you'll be our slaves. Send me a man. He just continued to taunt the Israelites day after day, ridiculing them. Day after day, send me somebody to fight with me. And so the people of God were consumed with fear. Saul wouldn't fight him. David's brothers wouldn't fight him. Nobody would rumble in the jungle with Goliath. Nobody would step up. In the meantime, and in between time, you had little David playing on his harp, playing out in the field, tending the sheep. And his daddy gave him a small assignment. Tell your neighbor, a small assignment. You see, he said, take your brother some sack lunches. Take your brother some food and go down and bring me back a report and see how the war is going. Don't ever despise the small assignments. You see, because it's in the small assignments that reveal something about your character. God says if you can be faithful in that which is least, then he'll make you ruler over that which is much. So whatever God gives you to do, whatever assignment God gives you, do it all to the glory of God. You see, David, David shows up. He shows up. You know, it's just a blessing just to show up. Tell my guys... You know, come to work regardless of the weather, if it's raining or whatever, just show up. Because when you show up, you get show up pay. 
Sometimes on Sabbath morning, you may have that little headache. The devil put a little extra pain on you. Just say, I just can't feel. I just don't feel like going in today. I just can't make it. But you got to show up because when you show up, that's when you get your show up blessing. That's when God's going to bless you. You say, I don't know how he's going to bless me. I don't know who he's going to use to bless me. But I'm going to show up. I'm going to be in the right place for my blessing today. David showed up. And all his job was, was to give his brothers some food. Just take him a little, a little food. Give him a little lunch. You know, see, one of the ways that we know that we're blessed is when you can take care of God's stuff. You see, don't take care of God's stuff like it's your stuff. But you take care of it like it's God's stuff. That's why God says, if you return a faithful tithe and offering. See, you're not the owner of it. You're just the steward of it. You just thank God that he's allowing you to use it and take care of his stuff. When you're faithful, God will bless you. God says he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. Now, notice what motivated David. You see, David understood that this was a spiritual battle. He understood this was the battle of the gods. It wasn't between him and Goliath. It was between Satan and God. That was the battleground. And David understood that God's honor was under attack. You see, we can't stand by idly while somebody's profaning the word of God. You see, the issue is about God's character. God's character is being impugned. And that's why the Bible says, the commandment says, Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. If you say you're a Christian, don't just take it in vain and live for the devil. If you're going to be a Christian, carry that banner high. Christians ought to be the best advertisement for the gospel out there. When they see us, they should know what the character of God is because we represent God. When temptation comes, don't do what feels good. Do what honors God. Amen. Because we are here to bring glory to God and not to ourselves. You see, David, he goes down there. He goes down and he sees Goliath. He hears Goliath just taunting and just talking about his God. And David said, who is this? Who is this that dares to step up and talk about my God? Who is this talking about my Jehovah Jireh? Who is this rising up against my God? You see, when David showed up, Everybody was filled with fear. But when David showed up, he brought faith to the situation. You see, that's why God brought you. That's why God left you there. Because while everybody else is panicking, God needed to over witness. He needs somebody to speak truth to power. He needs somebody to say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. He needs somebody to say, God is on your side. Don't be dismayed. God will uphold you with his right hand. God, he needs somebody to say, greater is he that is with us than he that is in this world. God needs somebody to be a witness for him. So David was speaking truth to power. Nobody, when David showed up, nobody was even mentioning God. All they was talking about was Goliath. Have you seen how big he is? David said, forget about Goliath. I know a God that can handle the giants. I know a God that can kill Goliath. David said, do me a favor. 
Stop talking about the Goliaths in your lives. Stop talking about the problems that you're facing and start talking about your God because God is able to handle every situation in your life. God is able to handle every problem in your life. It's not the size of your giant that you need to worry about, but it's the size of your God. God is able. God is stronger. God is faithful that he will not allow anything to take over you. And so David... David said, I'll go fight him. I'll go fight him. And word got around the camp. That here this little shepherd boy running around, still wet behind the ears, talking about he going to fight the, the giant. And word got back to his older brother. And his older brother came down there talking about, what you doing down here? What you doing down here? I know your naughtiness, I know your pride, I know your arrogance, I know you're not up to no good. What you're doing down here? I'm going to put a pin in it and I'm going to come back. Not only that, he had to deal with Saul. Saul got word that David was fighting the giant and Saul summoned him to the kingdom. Saul said, now you know you ain't able to fight him. You're not able to fight him. What are you talking about? You're just a youth. This man has been a warrior from his youth. And then David said, excuse me, king, he said, just because I'm young don't mean I don't have a testimony. Just because I may look good don't mean I ain't been through something. Just because I don't have bags under my eyes don't mean I have ha haven't had any sleepless nights. Anybody got a testimony today? Anybody got a testimony? The only reason, David, the only reason the devil hates you is because you got a testimony right now. You see, David said, before you count me out, just give me a, a chance to testify. He said, you know, and, and the king said, okay, son, go ahead and testify then. He said, well, give an honor to God who is the head of my life. To you, O king, and everybody in their perspective places. He said, when, when I was a boy down there in the fields just strumming my, my harp, just talking to God, just praying and having that intimate relationship with God. God was doing something. He said, then there was a, 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 a lion that came in and grabbed one of my sheep, grabbed it and held it in his mouth and carried it off. He was like, not on my watch. Not on the devil is a lie. He walked down there and ran after the lion. He said, then when the lion came up against him, the lion rose up against him. He said, he caught him by the beard. Ripped his mouth open, took that lamb out of his mouth. He said the same thing happened with a bear. He said a bear tried to do the same thing. I caught it and I slayed it. I slayed that bear. He said in this same God that allowed me to kill the bear. And the lion, this same God will give me the power to overtake, the, to overtake Goliath. The only reason the devil hates you is because you got a testimony. You got a testimony of how God brought you through, how God brought you over, how God brought you out. You got a testimony. Don't let the devil keep you silent. Don't let the rocks have to cry out. Tell the Lord how good he is. Saul said, okay, 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 okay. God bless you, son. Put on my armor. He put his armor on him, and it was all hanging down and big. He said, get this stuff off. I can't go with this. He said, this hasn't been tested. This hasn't been proved. I can't go with somebody else's armor. 
You got to go with what God gave you. He said, I got to go with what God, what brought me here. I can't go with what somebody else. David goes down to the brook and he picks up five smooth stones. Holla five. And I thought that David picked up five smooth stones because just in case he missed four times, he had one more chance to get them. But that wasn't it. You see, David must have Googled Goliath and found out that he had four brothers. And so when they went down there, he said, I'm not only going to kill David, but I'm going to kill his brother, his brother, his other brother, his other brother. I'm going to kill all of them. You see, when you're getting ready to fight the giants in your life, you can't just go down with one stone. You got to be willing to kill all those giants. You can't suffer any giant in your life to live. You can't let any channel come through. You got to shut every door of the enemy in your life. You can't keep playing with them. David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run in it and be safe. David, Goliath got so upset looking at him. He said, what am I, a dog, that you're going to come down here with that little stick? He's not even a warrior. He doesn't even have on any clothes. He got sandals and everything on. He got so upset and beside himself, he pushed his helmet up. And in his rage, he came charging at David. And David came charging at him. And he gave one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost drove that stone deep into his head and they were looking from the right side and the left side and the Bible says he was reeling and rocking like a drunk blind man. They were saying is he going to come out of it? Philistines was hoping that he would come out but he fell down like an oak tree and David immediately seized that opportunity took both hands, lifted up his sword and off came his head. He said like Donald Lawrence Giants do die. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. To God be the glory. You see, if you want to handle the giants in your life, the first thing you got to do is that you got to refuse to listen to negative people. Now I'm going to go back. When he was down there and his older brother, who was already jealous of him because he figured that he should have been the rightful one to be the next heir to the throne and not his baby brother. And he came down there being all negative, talking about what you're doing down here, David. What you're doing down here. And whom did you lead those little few little sheep with? Now, why did he, you know he was negative. Why did he have to use the word few? Why couldn't he just say sheep? He had to say, who are you bringing them little sheep? Why would you leave them little sheep down there? You see, don't let anybody ever discourage you and try and minimize what God has given you to do. Talking about what you're doing down there. What you're doing down there, tabernacle of praise, with those few little sheep trying to keep the Sabbath. What you're doing down there. Don't let the devil tell you, say, I'm honoring God on the Sabbath. That's what I'm doing down there. I'm being faithful to God. You see, he was trying to be negative. And so the Lord was using that situation when his little job as being a little shepherd boy. He was using that to prepare David to do something great. So don't ever get minimized or discouraged when the devil tries to minimize the position that God has put you in. David understood. He said, yeah, I'm a shepherd. 
I will give my life for my sheep. He said, but the Lord is my shepherd. He said, I won't lack for anything. He said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my troubled soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not the broad way, but the pathway of righteousness for He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, he anointed my head with oil. He said, my cup is not just full, but it's running over. He said, surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Some of us are dealing with generational giants. Giants that have been passed down from the third and fourth generation through inherited and cultivated tendencies of sin. Your daddy, your granddaddy didn't do it. Your grandmama, your mama didn't do it. But you say, I got this giant. It's not going to another generation. I'm stopping it right here. By God's grace, I'm going to be faithful enough. Another generation is not going through this. I got this demon. I got this giant. It's never going to take control of my life. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. We have nothing to fear in the future except we forget. How God has led us in the past. You see, if you want to overcome the giant, you got to look at past successes. You got to remember how good God was back then. If God brought you through the last time, he can bring you through this time. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because when I look back over my life and see what God has done, to see how God has been so good. Like the footprints in the sand. I thought the Lord had left me. I saw just one single footprint. But God said, no, those are my footprints. That's when you was too weak to walk. And I had to carry you. God said, I'll bring you through. When you look back, you think about how, you brought, how he brought you through. How he brought you over. What he's delivered you from. That's what you got to rely on when the devil tries to discourage you. God picked you up, turned you around, and did what? Planted your feet on solid ground. He's my rock. He's my shield. He's a wheel in the middle of the wheel. They call him wonderful. Counselor, the almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. I'm talking about Jesus. David had a stone, but you don't need a stone. All you need is a rock. You see, you throw a stone, but you stand on the rock. Oh, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't put your trust in anything but Jesus. You can't put your trust in the arm of flesh. You got to put your trust in the mighty hand of Jesus. There's nothing so powerful. As a Christian who puts their trust and faith in the power of God. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is the Lord's. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. God is looking for people in these last days who will be faithful. God says, when I come back, will I find faith in the earth? God is looking for somebody. Everybody's not going to be able to make it through, folks. You got to spend some time in the fields. You got to spend some quiet time with the Lord in order to develop that close relationship that can bring you through that you won't be shaken. You won't be shaken out of this church. Come what may, I'm going to be like a rock that's steadfast. I'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I shall not be moved. You see the coming, the everybody's talking about the coming crisis, but I want to come I want to talk about the coming of Christ. Because we have to stop looking at all the news. You look at the news every day. They're talking about the coronavirus, the Delta virus, all of these variants, all these things. Stock markets are crashing. People's hearts are failing them for the fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. God said, I'm coming. I'm coming back, folks. This is not a fairy tale. God is coming. He said, well, I find the people that are faithful. I'm looking for that remnant people that will be faithful when God comes back. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Whatever the future's going to bring, let it bring. But I got my trust in God. I'm not worrying and I'm not fretting because I know God has never failed me yet. Jesus was despised and rejected. He carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes. By his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, each one his own way. But Jesus laid on himself the iniquity of us all. The last giant that Jesus had to face was that cross on the hill called Calvary. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. He said, I love my people too much to let them struggle down there. He said, but I'm going to offer a way of escape. I thank God for his grace and mercy. Song says, they hung him high, they stretched him wide. He bowed his head. For me, he died. Why? Because of love. You want to know what love personified is? That's it right there. Don't worry about this world. This world has nothing to offer you. The plan of salvation is for you and for me. Don't let the devil fool you. Don't let the devil trick you in the little trinkets down here. You see, the challenges that we face on this earth, they're interesting. They make life interesting. But to be an overcomer is what, is what makes life meaningful. If you don't live for God, don't let your life be in vain. Like the song says, if I can help somebody along the way, then my living shall not be in vain. It's not going to be any starless crowns. You're not going to heaven on, on your own. You can't get yourself all oh, just, uh, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay uh, uh, secluded. I'm going to stay isolated in my house. That's what the devil wants. But you got to find a way to spread the good news. You have to find a way. Don't let, de- don't let the devil muzzle you. Don't let the devil muzzle your, your, your witness. The battle, and it is a battle. Don't get me wrong, it is a battle. The Bible says all who choose to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's going to happen. 
But don't be dismayed. God said, I have overcome the world. I am so glad that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, it doesn't matter whosoever, believeth in him shall not perish. You don't have to perish. But have everlasting life. I don't know about you. But is there anybody out there that's saying, I'm in this battle. I want strength to fight my giant. If that's you, raise your hand. You want strength to fight your giant today. I don't care what it is you're struggling with. But God will give you strength to fight that giant today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I don't ever want to have a church service. I don't ever want these doors to be open without giving somebody an opportunity to join the people of God. The, the, The doors of the church are open. If anybody said, I don't know all about it, but I know enough to know that I want to make my call and election sure. I want to join these people who's headed for a city, who's building and maker is God. If that's you today, you want to go down in the next baptism, raise your hand. You want to join the people of God, raise your hand if that's you. Don't let the devil steal you. This may be your last opportunity. Today is the appointed day. Today, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Give God a hand praise. Give God a hand praise. God says today, when you hear my voice, Come on up here, sister. Come on up, brother. Come on. Come on, give God a hand praise. Today, when you hear my voice, harden not your heart, because tomorrow is not promised. This is not playtime. God is trying to gather his people. Father God, we're so thankful today. Father, we're thankful for what you did this morning. Heaven is rejoicing. We're letting the devil know you have no place down here. We're breaking every chain, break every yoke, every yoke of bondage upon your people today. Lord, we pray that you will keep us by your keeping power, knowing that the battle is not ours, not ours but is yours. And we relinquish ourselves to you, Father. Father, so we pray, Lord, that these decisions that have been made today, Lord, we pray you will seal them in the courts above, Lord Jesus. Heaven is rejoicing when one soul gives themselves to the Lord. Nothing in the hand they bring simply to the cross. They claim. And Lord, we just pray that you will keep us, for we cannot keep ourselves. In the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, the people said together, Amen. Let's give God another hand clap. Thank you, Elder Harris, for sharing that message in such a beautiful way. And it's very interesting as we talk about stewardship of time, talent, temple, and treasure, how when we think about David, why did God have to use David? He didn't have to use David. Why does he have to use us for stewardship? He doesn't have to use us. He could have used angels. He could have proclaimed his will from Mount Sinai like he did. He uses us for stewardship of our time, talent, temple, and treasure because he's trying to increase the amount of love that we have in our hearts for others. 
Just want to read you something real quick out of this little red book called Councils on Stewardship, where the servant of the Lord says, every act of self-sacrifice for the good of others will strengthen the spirit of love in the giver's heart, allying him more closely to the Redeemer of the world, who was rich, yet for our sakes became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. And it is only as we fulfill the divine purpose in our creation that life can be a blessing to us and to others. All the good gifts of God to mankind will prove only a curse unless we use them to bless our fellow men and women and for the advancement of God's cause in the earth. God invites us to be faithful stewards to increase the amount of love in our hearts for him as well as for others. It's not for our sake only, but for others as well, that they too might know about the love of God. So as you return your faithful and honest tithe and offering as you leave this, eve this afternoon to the deacons, just remember it's not just for your sake. It's to increase the amount of love in your heart for God and for others that you are called to be a blessing through time, talent, temple, and treasure. And now in benediction, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and give you peace. In the blessed name of Jesus, let everyone say amen and amen. Our ushers will come and dismiss us.